Attention all international medical students and graduates. Are you looking to improve your residency competitiveness and achieve your dream program match? Look no further. Introducing the 2023 IMG Roadmap course, the online program that will boost your personal and professional growth. This comprehensive course offers life cohort-based coaching from a seasoned expert, me, along with personalized feedback, templates, and even demos. You'll leave with a solid understanding of your personalized IMG journey and the skills you need to enhance it. You'll ditch the overwhelm, and the best part? You can learn at your own pace from anywhere in the world. Whether you're a first-year medical student or a graduate seeking concise, practical coaching to improve your CV, this is the perfect investment for a successful career in the U.S. The IMG Roadmap is here. Be the first to know when the doors open in April of 2023. Sign up right now at drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. Again, that's drninaloom.com forward slash waitlist. The IMG Roadmap is the only podcast dedicated to coaching international medical graduates and success blueprints for this unique pathway. I am Dr. Nina Loom, your host, a previous IMG turned hospital medicine physician, healthcare administrator, speaker, and coach. I empower, encourage, and equip you with actionable steps that you can take towards the residency position of your dreams. guys welcome to this edition of the IMG Roadmap podcast here with me today I have Dr. Yimbe she's phenomenal guys you know this podcast is dedicated to bringing you cutting edge information from IMGs to IMGs to empower equip and help you make better decisions through your own journey. So today's guest is near and dear to my heart. She's my personal coach. So I'm sharing my own treasure with you guys today. So you know how important this is to me. But I figure it's time that I share the wisdom that I've gained from her, but maybe more so focused to IMGs, okay? So I will allow her to introduce herself because I feel like if I do it, I wouldn't do her justice. So Dr. Yambe, welcome to the IMG Roadmap Podcast. Can you please tell us a little bit about your fabulous self? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Loom. I'm really excited to be here. I am a foreign medical graduate, like you said. I currently live and work in Louisiana. So I work in the outpatient clinic and in the emergency room as well. I graduated several years ago from the program um, here in Louisiana. And shortly after graduation, I was fortunate to serve as faculty in that same program upon graduation. So I have had insight into both sides of the coin as an applicant to residency as a foreign medical graduate, and also as a faculty member on the other side, trying to recruit eligible residents into the program. I went to medical school in the University of Milan in Italy. And so I went through step one, step two, and the ECFMG as well. And then I matched into a program here in Louisiana and uh, currently still live around the same area, work very fulfilled by my work here. So I'm so excited to be here, um, Dr. Loom. Thank you for having me on your podcast. 
Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. So I think what really made me think of you as, you know, someone that should be a pioneer with the podcast, meaning the first 10 people that we interview on the podcast was because of your experience as a faculty member. And so many people don't know this, but you actually have done a lot of benevolent work for IMGs, giving them insightful information. You lead a WhatsApp group for FMGs to just kind of have a place to converse and to discuss pertinent issues. But you have firsthand experience as faculty member. And so I really want us to kind of dig into that a little bit on today's episode. When you were a faculty member and when you were reviewing applications, what were some things that stood out to you? I think that one of the things which, especially those of us who are from Africa, we put ourselves in a in a seeking help position as opposed to putting ourselves out there as the candidate for the position. Um, some people come in saying, you know, I've gone through so much struggle. Please help me. Please help me. It doesn't work like that. As a faculty who's looking for a residence, my goal is to make sure that I have a qualified resident who is strong or appears strong clinically and who will be an asset to our program and who will also be a flag bearer for this program once they graduate. And so when somebody comes in and they're in this position of, I've been through a hard time, I've had so much difficulty, please help me so I can come in here and you can teach me to become a physician licensed in the United States it makes me worry that this person may be a little bit too needy and may not be such an asset for the program. So if if you're listening to this podcast, one of the things that you want to really look into yourself, because most foreign, almost all foreign medical graduates are extra qualified, but we just are not familiar with putting our strengths out there in a manner that is concise, and that will make a program comfortable to invite us in, to become a member of that program. Um, so that's one of the things that stood out to me. The foreign, most foreign medical graduates put this, themselves in the position of need, um, as opposed to these are my strengths and this is what I can bring to this program because I'm qualified. Right. So really what I'm hearing from you is, you know, being able to highlight your own strengths and the things that you have achieved and being able to have the confidence to showcase that in your application, whether it's in a written format or how you express yourself on a personal statement or even just how you structure your application. So I think that's very great information. Thank you so much for mentioning that. So I know that you do a lot of work with helping IMGs determine how to interview, how to act on the interview day. I know we may be skipping ahead, but just kind of touch on that because we're talking about what programs really want right now. So what are some tips for interview preparation, presenting oneself, and how to carry about that whole process as an IMG? Well, I mean, I think one of the most, I mean, this sounds like it's very basic to say, but I think that because the interview is just not a difficult process, it's not one that you need to think about too much, but you need to be very deliberate how you approach it. And you have to know your own curriculum detail. You have to know your own history and you have to be prepared to answer questions if you know that there are certain loopholes in there and there's some questions that may come up you have to be ready with an answer. When you go for an interview, you, of course, you're going over there 
to quote unquote showcase yourself, but you also have to portray yourself as somebody who's really interested in the program. So spend some time studying about the program itself and about the faculty, and you may know who you're interviewing with ahead of time. That would be a good time to study those people as well, find out what their interests are, find out the general mentality of this program, where it's going, so that when you get to your interview, not only do you know your own curriculum detail, there's nothing worse than asking somebody a question about, well, what happened here, and they don't really have a confidence or they're not really answering you confidently. If you have, say, some questions in your CV, say you failed step one twice and then you passed it, be prepared to answer that in a way that's positive for you. You may say things like, well, I failed step one because I was not strong in, I don't know, statistics. And so I've strengthened my statistics and that's how come I passed now. So medicine is really, we all make mistakes. We all have to learn continuously. So what the faculty is looking for is somebody who is teachable and somebody who can acknowledge that, well, something went wrong here and I'm fixing it. So bottom line, know the program, know who you're interviewing with, if possible, and get ready to answer any questions that, or you should know your own CV and get ready to answer questions that may come up from different things that you may have in your CV. Um, I think that generally what every resident, I mean, in addition to knowing how to dress, the usual dress and the usual politeness and things like that, but these are the main things that may come up. When you, you may meet a faculty member who could be extra picky, so they may ask you something clinical. It's just nice to have that in the back of your head in case something clinical comes up. You want to have something to say. Now, again, if you don't know an answer, It's always a good idea to say, I don't know. May I have your contact as soon as I find out? May I email you the information? But let's not guess if we don't know the answer to something. Um, I think those would be, that's all I can advise at this time. Thank you so much. Very helpful information there. Again, just some take-home points for those listening. It's important to acknowledge your shortcomings. If you don't know something, you can always acknowledge it and state that you will be in contact with the proper response to whatever question that was, as opposed to, you know, guessing or being incorrect. So Dr. Yembe, I know that, you know, you've reviewed tons of personal statements. You've looked at tons of applications, particularly for family medicine residents, because that's where you were a faculty. Can you just give us some insight as to what programs like in personal statements? What are they looking for? What should that look like? What should that document really carry? I think that a personal statement should really be a concise story of who you are, where you're coming from, how did you, I mean, just a brief biography of you, how did you get to want to do medicine, touch on some highlights on your accomplishments. For foreign medical graduates, I like to see some clinical skills in your personal statement. I want to know that you have had some experience here within the United States because even though you have letters of, of recommendation, but when a personal statement comes through and somebody is talking about their skills, um, I spent time in the clinic. We reviewed EKGs, management of congestive heart failure or multiple diseases, present in the primary care setting. Then I am more comfortable that this person may fit in as a first year because the truth is residency is 
training you to become a specialized physician. But at the same time, you are working as a physician under supervision. So there will be times that you are in direct contact with the patient by yourself. I want to make sure that this resident is has had some contact. And if you put that in your personal statement, that is always very helpful. Things that should not appear in the personal statement. Now, personal statement generally should just be one page. That's nice. And when it's too long, then it's just difficult to read and maybe put to the side just because it's too long. We don't want to clutter our personal statement with things that are not pertinent to medicine. Let's not talk about how much struggle we had as a child living in one bedroom with eight other siblings and going to the farm every day. And kind of, so you see now that's just losing. You already just lost me. But if you said from a difficult childhood, you became passionate. I mean, just make it really short. So we don't want to have too many things that are not very pertinent to your personal statement. Big, big, big deal about your personal statement. Get somebody to read it so that it's in proper English and proper grammar. Just get somebody else who's knowledgeable in English. Because some people, English is not their first language. And when the personal statement comes through, it's, it's just too many typos and too many grammatical errors that could work against you as well. So make sure somebody else reads your personal statement. Make sure it's in proper English. Okay. Thank you so much. Just some take-home points for those listening. Again, concise document, proper grammar, to the point, have it proofread by a professional and keep it concise. It should not necessarily be a sorrow story. You can also make it a good, happy story. Um, Dr. Yembe, just some find some additional tips or requests here. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, score performance and how much weight that carries in our application process? What are programs really looking at the scores to a very detailed level? Um, it really depends on what program. Some programs do and some programs do not. Not that they do not, but the high scores are not necessary for some programs. Um, for competitive programs, they may, for your surgical discipline, or your surgical subspecialties, maybe yes. For family medicine in a rural area like mine, they're mainly looking at the number of attempts in every step. Most of the time, you do not want to have more than three attempts which is why I encourage foreign medical graduates to be really prepared and find out the tools that you need to prepare for these exams so that you don't have too many attempts. So sometimes it's the score and sometimes it's the attempt, but for a program like ours in the rural area, um, we really look more at the strength of the residents and at our comfort level in hoping that they stay and practice in the rural area as well. And so the score, we're not really looking for very high scores here. I'm sure it would depend on where you're applying and what discipline. Correct. So I have another question for you, Dr. Yembe, because you mentioned rural programs and I trained in a relatively rural area as well. A lot of IMGs sometimes, you know, when I talk to them, they'll, they tell me they're a little bit apprehensive about rural programs in general. And a rural program is a program that's located, you know, maybe somewhat out of a major metropolis or outside of a major city in a small town. So what are your thoughts on training in rural areas as IMGs? Do you think there's a lot of opportunity there that we're not tapping into? I mean, I, I think so, but I think it's also a very personal decision. And I'll tell you my decision. 
for me personally, when I went into residency, I started off with transitional medicine in Howard University Hospital, which is a big multi-specialty hospital. We had several residents and I did transitional medicine, but even then I felt that I did not have direct patient contact because there was so much competition from the surgeons, from the internal medicine guys, I mean, from just all other specialties. So after that first year, I went on and applied for family medicine in an unopposed program. What that means is that there's a hospital and there's only one residency program in that hospital. And so you are exposed to a lot more. And that's really what I was looking for. I was looking for experience in OB, surgery, emergency medicine, radiology. We got to rotate through all specialties without having the subspecialties compete for the experience. And that's really what I wanted. When I graduated, uh, before I graduated my third year, I was already a fully licensed physician and I was already working in the emergency room. So I came out of that small program with a lot of experience, more than I feel I would have acquired working as a family medicine resident in a multi-specialty setting. When you graduate from a residency program in a rural area like ours, of course, just because these are very small cities, farm country where I am right now, honestly, a lot of doctors and <laughs> doctors don't want to leave here. And so there are always so many opportunities for especially the primary care disciplines. I love the rural areas, me personally, because I had small children at the time. And so it just worked out for me. I left and went and worked in Dallas, but I came back to the rural area just because it's more fulfilling for me personally. So each person has to examine the pros and cons for themselves. It may work for you. It's awfully attractive to me though. I think I would make this my retirement area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of other people may have different opinions, but for those yes. who feel as if rural areas are too small for them, I would like to challenge them that they may be missing an opportunity because you can actually train in a rural area and not live there. You're not obliged to live there after the three years or four years of your training are over. So do not limit yourself to the bigger cities only because a lot of U.S. grads sometimes are not seeking rural opportunities. So you may actually have less competition dealing with, you know, maybe an unopposed program that's in a rural setting. So that's something to consider for IMGs, especially IMGs that may have visa requirements. This is an untapped arena for IMGs who require visas because you have a lot more opportunity in a rural area, maybe as opposed to a larger city. But just mm -hmm. some final words before we end today's conversation, can you just give us some top five tips for IMGs that you believe every IMG needs to know, needs to carry out, needs to follow through with to achieve their goals, whether it's to achieve their goals as physicians or just to get into residency? What are some action items? I know you're the coach and speaker at Evolve. MD. Um, so we'd like to get some final tips and then we'll talk a little bit more about what you do with Evolve. Okay. My number one tip to every single IMG out there is do not lose courage. Do not lose courage. Stay the course. Sometimes we hit too many pit stops. We come across just some difficulty. We didn't make it. We failed an exam, whatever it is, whatever 
that difficulty may be, just know that you can come overcome it so long as you stay persistent. So do not lose hope. That's the first thing. Now, the second one is burn your ships. You have to burn your ships. Don't give yourself opportunities for retreat. And I'll give you an example. When I was preparing for my exams, my step one and step two, I had quite a bit of advice, people telling me, well, you could just go do a physician assistant and become a physician assistant instead. That seemed like an easier path. But that was not an option for me personally. I wanted to become a physician, period. When you start giving yourself plan Bs, chances are you may not hit your goal. Very important. So don't give yourself second choices. Stay the course. Third, just remember, most of us, I went to medical school in Italy, University of Milan in Italy. All my exams were oral or essay. So we had to sit in front of a panel for every single exam and answer questions directly to the panel of physicians and then write an essay. When I came to the United States, my steps were all multiple choice. So it's very unfamiliar for me. That's one thing. And then secondly, I studied medicine in Italian. So when I came to the United States, I did not know any medical words in English. What I tell residents or physicians, IMGs, is that when you're preparing for your step one, step two, step three, please take that as a full-time job because you have to be fully committed to studying what's necessary. You do some research and find out what you have to study and then study it seriously because it's a full time and make that investment if you want to pass, if you want to pass well, and if you want to get into residency. It just cannot be a part-time thing. I know everybody has other things to do, children, families, and whatever, but this is what it will take. Physicians in the United States work very hard. So you have to learn right off the bat when you're preparing for your steps that you will be working hard and spending some sleepless nights, some long hours, because that's what it takes to be a physician anyway. Another advice, and I was just talking about this yesterday to someone, if you haven't taken step one, step two, step three, or you're finding it really challenging, one of the things that you may want to look into is understanding how to pass these exams. These are standardized tests. So you have to understand how the tests are written. It may be, you need to look at a lot of questions to understand how tests are written. I used to teach a course called how to take a standardized test because you can look at several of these questions and already know the answer just based on the way the answers are written. So not only do you need to know the medical knowledge, because sometimes we know the medical knowledge, but we get confused when it comes to test taking. So for your steps, learn the material, but also learn how the questions are set and exactly what the the questions, what these particular questions are looking for, because they are standardized tests. They set they are set in a manner that makes sense, that is valid. So they would end up throwing questions out the window that are not valid anyway. So they have to be valid, and they have to be look. They are mostly looking for specific points. So learn those things. We don't globally pick up an anatomy encyclopedia and study it for multiple choice of one question. We don't do that. We look at the questions and find out what the examiners want in these questions. 
and master that craft. It's a craft you have to master. For a medical graduate, it could be challenging. And then the last advice for your clinical skills, I encourage you to practice, practice, practice in a life scenario. You would be scored based on taking specific steps. And even if you know the material and you miss those steps, you still have a high probability of failing unnecessarily. So you have to really, really be prepared and practice, practice, practice. I think those, that's the, the advice I have. But please don't lose hope. Do not lose hope. If you're having a conversation and discouraging conversations with yourself or with others, then you want to take action and change that conversation and go have a positive conversation. Tell yourself you're going to make it. Wow. Wow. That was like a TED Talk all in one. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing such wisdom. Thank you. You know, before we close, I really want you to share the work that you do at Evolve MD. And I want you to tell us where we can find you because a lot of times we listen to podcasts just like this and we want to know how can we get in contact with that person? How do we stay in contact with you after today? Well, I am on Facebook, on social media as Dr. Inaka Yembe. I am on Instagram as well as Dr. Inaka Yembe. My website is www.drinakayembe.com. So you can find me anywhere. You, you can even Google me and find me. The Evolve Method is really just to inspire individuals to lose weight and get healthy because one of the things that of course, as physicians, we know that we are not going to accomplish our goals if we don't take charge of our health. So that's what I do in the Evolve Method, coach people on nutrition and exercise and also on personal development. And then I also work with corporations on startup. I just am very passionate about empowering people to achieve their goals when it comes to health, wellness and in business. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, just from your life, I think every IMG listening should take home the point that, you know, you can have just about the wildest career dreams that you may come up with, but your dreams are valid. And just like Dr. Yembe, you can make those dreams come alive, whether it's with lifestyle medicine like she's doing or whether it's in a surgical field, there is a place for you here. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Yembe. We appreciate it. We'll be in contact with you. I'll have all her information in the show notes so you guys can keep in touch and stay motivated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at you. I'm so proud of you for listening until the very end. And because of that, you deserve a reward. And I want you to go right now to drninaloom.com and download any of my free ebooks, whether it's for electives or clinical rotations, or even just whatever trials come your way as you navigate your IMG journey. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next.